Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I love our first reading. Sarah is listening in. And she's taking stock of everything that's going on. And she laughs to herself. And then when she gets confronted, no, I didn't laugh. And the Lord or one of the angels, whoever it was, said, oh, yes, you did laugh. (laughs) But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Jesus and how he summoned his disciples. He empowered them and then he sent them out to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, the good news of God's reign. And Jesus is still calling. And Jesus is still sending us out. But before you rush out of here right after this service to get busy busy for the Lord, we probably need to get the order of how this works set in our mind before we proceed. And the order that I want us to think about today is gift, blessing, and then call. Gift, blessing, and call. It comes from someone named Richard Fairchild. Uh, This is sort of a lengthy quote, but stay with it because it's really good. God takes flesh in Christ Jesus and he dies for us upon the cross so that we might be set right with God. And invites us to follow his path assisted by his very own presence, presence so that we might indeed be whole and the world with us. And we respond by placing our trust in him, by being baptized into his death and resurrection. Gift, blessing, call. And always it is a call to be blessed and to be a blessing. Always it is a call to walk in harmony with God and God's family. But notice the order of things. Gift, blessing, call. Freely, says Jesus, you have received, freely give, gift, blessing, call. So do you have the order? Gift, blessing, call. Let's talk about the gift. We need to understand and incorporate the gift completely before we start the call part. The gift is, is that God has given us life and his love simply as a gift. We didn't do anything to receive it. We don't do anything to continue it. And that's very difficult for us to understand. Those of us who are fortunate enough to have had children, we know that when these little babies are born, we just love them. We just love them because they're there, because they're born. They don't have to do anything to get our love. They don't have to start tap dancing when they're a baby or learn some sort of thing or be good. We just simply love them. It's the same way with God. If we can do that with our own kids, believe me, God can do this for all of us, and he does. The gift is is that God has given us life and his love simply as a gift, simply for free. It comes to us 
when we're doing our best. It comes to us when we're doing our worst. Because God doesn't change. His love for us simply continues to come. That is the gift part. The gift part is even better though. Because of our own condition being subject to sin and evil and finally death. Which we recite every, every day uh, or every Sunday in the liturgy. We need a deliverance. We need salvation. We need to be rescued from that state. And God continues to love us and continues to help us. And so he sends his son. And so this gift just keeps on giving. God's love just continues. God saves us. God comes to us. He sets us right in his son. He gives us communion with the son and he gives us the Holy Spirit. We have everything that we need. All we have to do is place our faith and trust in God, in Christ, in order to receive the gift. That's all we have to do is just receive it and unpack it. But it is absolutely a gift. So that's the gift part. We don't have to perform for God to get the gift. The performance, once we get to the call, that will always be in response to that gift of love. Well, blessing. God gives us his blessing. The disciples went around and proclaimed something called the good news of the kingdom. Well, it was good because they were proclaiming the goodness of God. That God was, in fact, not like the Pharisees said, but in fact was like Jesus was teaching. That God was so good that he made the rain fall down on the just and the unjust. That God was so good and generous that if you worked all day, you would receive the wages. But if you wandered around all day and didn't show up until the very last hour and just did one hour of work, you got paid the whole day's wage. It's crazy. God's so good, so generous. That's what Jesus is teaching about. That's what Jesus is unfolding, that God's rule and reign is so good and it's come near, meaning it's right here for you to enter into and you can if you want to follow Jesus into it because he's the one who knows the way into the kingdom. But God's blessing is with us. So God is seeking to bless this world. He's seeking to bless us Because he wants us to be blessed so that we can extend beyond ourselves and become a blessing to others. That's how God's reign, God's kingdom works. And so we have gift, we have blessing. Now let's get to the call. What are we called to or to whom are we called? In general, we are called to be A disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus. Now just think about this. Is that how you define yourself? As a disciple of Jesus. And I can go back. I don't know how many years. When that would not have been my self definition. It would have been that I was a believer. Or a Christian or something else. But. We are called to be disciples of Jesus. Sometimes we use the language that we are Christians. Sometimes we say, well, I'm an Episcopalian. Uh, But Jesus never used those terms, especially the Episcopalian part. (laughs) 
Jesus used the word disciple. Now, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who learns and follows and emulates and is an apprentice to a master. Because that disciple, in a humble fashion, wants to learn the type of trade or life that this master knows how to do. And so the disciple says, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to follow you around and I'm going to watch you and I'm going to do what you do until I become what you are. And that's what Jesus is calling us to be, disciples, lifelong learners of the master and his way of life until finally we become like him. And so to say that I'm a disciple is probably the best way of describing what Jesus has in mind for us. The other language is fine, but this is a little bit more exact and according to Jesus. Well, Sam Todd uh, wrote a book about the Christian faith that we used in uh, one of our groups. And he says this about discipleship. He says, to accept God's offer of eternal friendship and to embark upon the life of grace is what the church calls discipleship. Now get this, we have God who is all gift seeking to bless us and the offer of discipleship is in fact an offer to each of us to an eternal friendship with God. To walk with God, to know God, to receive his love, to love God back, to journey into this world with God and his son. What an offer that is. This is the offer to enter the kingdom, the offer of eternal friendship with God. Today in the epistle, Paul said that we've been set right with God through Jesus and that we are at peace with God. God is at peace with us. We're called to be at peace with God, to accept his offer of eternal friendship and to be at peace with one another because that's part of the call as well. Another author, uh, author deci describes discipleship this way. <clears throat> discipleship in the Christian sense, therefore, is not merely studying concepts, ideas, or information. Rather, it is a way of life, a way of living with the teacher, Christ, following him and experiencing him. It is a process of being formed into the likeness of God through Jesus Christ. And so this discipleship process of being disciple, that's what we are called to. Now, how to live that out has much variation because it depends on your age. It depends on where you work. It depends on your family. It depends on a number of different factors about how to live your life out as a disciple. But wherever you find yourself, we are called to live in and with and through Jesus to be a blessing to ourselves and to others where we are. 
Over the next two Sundays, I'm going to continue to talk about discipleship and being disciples. But in general, discipleship has an inner journey and it has an outer journey. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that we were all baptized into the body of Christ. Christ the head is exalted at the right hand of God in the heavens, the abode of God. We, his body, are here on earth continuing his work and mission. And so we have this mission work that we are still doing as disciples of Jesus. So there's an inner work in our mind, in our heart. There's an outer work of what we're doing. Another way to describe it would be we have work to do in the church as disciples of Jesus to make sure that this worship continues, to make sure that the teaching ministry continues, to make sure that the pastoral ministry continues to touch and reach lives to bless lives and all the things that we're doing. And then there's work outside of the church. So disciples do both types of work. Now you may not be able to do this all at the same time. So don't get bogged down and start to uh, worry about, uh, I don't need anything else on my to-do list. We'll get to that later. But just in general, this is how discipleship works. This is how being a disciple works. Uh, I want to just mention a couple of things about some of the work that we're doing outside of the church. We, uh, we have a lot of good disciples here at St. Francis. We really do. We have people doing all sorts of stuff inside this parish and outside this parish. Uh, we actually have a couple of 90-year-olds that are still leading a small Bible study in their retirement center. Now, just think about that. Think about the will to continue as a disciple of Jesus to pour their lives into the lives of other people in their community, and they haven't given up. They haven't said, oh, I'm, I'm retired I, I, I just can't do this anymore. And we think about, well, what is our excuse? What is our excuse for not entering into a deeper discipleship to Jesus? What I really want to mention, though, are our reading buddies. About two years ago, we made the decision as a parish to partner with Woodview Elementary, which is on Bunker Hill just behind the HEB. It is a school that has many uh, disadvantaged children in it. And we have about 20 people who have heard the call of discipleship, the call of Jesus to pour their lives into the lives of others, to bless them. We have 20 people that are there and they read with younger people to help them learn how to read. What they're finding is, is that as they're pouring their life and blessing into these young people, that these young people are in fact blessing them. And they're starting to get to know them and their families. Well, we've been doing such good work over there that recently when there was a transition in leadership at the elementary school, we, members of St. Francis, were actually invited to be a part of that process and they wanted to hear our opinion about this transition in leadership and so what that says to me is that 
it is extraordinary the influence that we can have as disciples of Jesus, not only in the church, but in the world. This is at a public school, and they're asking our opinion about a shift in leadership. Think about how extraordinary that is. We're also teaching etiquette classes there. What I'm trying to get at is that as we answer that call of Jesus to extend our blessings and our lives into the lives of others, we get a hearing. We receive the influence that we really hope to have as we seek to extend God's reign over every single heart that we can. And so that's how this works. Well, what about you? What about you? There's no way for me to know how you are to answer the call of Jesus as a disciple. That is something for you to think about, to pray about. But I want to end with a quote from Ignatius of Loyola. And it is a great quote because it can be said by any one of us at any time, and it should be, maybe every week, maybe every month, to ask the question about what is God calling me to do? This is the quote. He says, in making a choice or in coming to a decision, only one thing is really important, to seek and to find what God called me to at this time in my life. To seek and to find what God is calling me to at this time in my life. What a brilliant prayer. What a brilliant question. As we come to the altar today to receive the life of Christ, may we ask that question, what is God calling me to do at this time in my life. And may we continue to be called by Jesus as his disciples to be a blessing in this world. Amen.